So many battles waged over the years. And yet, none of them like this. Are we destined to destroy each other? Or can we change who we are and unite? Is the future truly set? Mutants, we now find ourselves on the edge of extinction. You'll need to go into the past to end this war before it ever begins. Use your power. Bring the X-Men together. It's good to take the two of us. Side by side at a time when we couldn't be further apart. Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of Light Banter Action. Uh, this week we will be reviewing X-Men Days of Future Past. came out this week. I'm joined, uh, like last episode, by Dongos. Hello. Uh, let me just explain to you the show. Uh, the first half of the show will be us reviewing the film. Uh, absolutely no spoilers at all. Uh, apart from stuff that was in trailers and stuff, obviously, that people already knew. Uh, then in the second half we'll go deep into spoilers, as deep as we possibly can, um, and hopefully you guys will agree with all of our opinions. Because <laughs> that's the point of a review, just complete agreement. Exactly, <laughs> self-gratification, that's all we're really hoping for. Um, I did invite people in the group, say if, if you've watched X-Men, do you want to come on a podcast and help review it, but again, nobody answered the call, so again, thank you to Don for being the saviour this <laughs> little bromance going on <laughs> alright uh, so X-Men Days of Future Past is this the fifth X-Men film now uh, it's, it's, isn't it like the seventh we've had the, oh, the first, the first if you count the original three X-Men films oh, including the Wolverine, Wolverine films including the Wolverine films I suppose you've got Origins and then the Wolverine yeah seventh then, wow. so this is actually the seventh blimey <laughs> <laughs> so the X-Men have seen some shit uh, there's some time travel in this one, so we get uh, first class and the sort of classic X-Men that we've had yep. for years teaming up. So, Don Goss, what did you think of this massive team-up film? I uh, I was slightly disappointed, I'll say that. Because, <gasps> I, I know, generally, I've, other people I know have seen it have been very impressed. Mm-hmm. You know, even going so far as to say it's the best X Men film they've seen. Um, I personally just I found it as good as other X Men films, but not necessarily a whole lot better. Okay. Um, I actually ended up I watched X Men uh, First Class the night before I went to see this, just to remind myself of what had happened, so I could I had the backstory mm-hmm. fresh in my mind, and I realised that I'd completely forgotten. That Kevin Bacon is even in X Men First Class. He's he's the villain. Considering he's in it, yeah, from the very beginning <laughs> to the very end, and is the main villain throughout. That says quite a lot about that film that I completely forgot he was in it at all. No, that says a lot about you, Don. <laughs> right? <laughs> My memory is failing me somewhat, <laughs> and I will admit I have already had to read a synopsis of Days of Future Past 
even though I only saw it two days ago. Oh dear. But yeah, that's that's my memory fading. But um, my yeah, my feelings on on exiting the film were just the same kind of feeling I've had um, on all the other X Men movies, mm-hmm. and uh, to an extent, all the the Marvel films that have come out is that they they're good within what they are within themselves, uh, but I, I've never found any of them spectacular or really exciting or uh, none of them have really blown me away uh, and this one kind of has just continued that that trend a little bit for me um yeah it, it's they've, they've got a lot more x-men in there which is i guess a bit nice they've you know they've the future yeah. set kind of 10 years from now so they've got havoc in there um uh, i've forgotten the guy's name bishop <laughs> bishop he's the one uh, Blink, I believe, is the Blink uh, the, steals the show for name. every scene she's in. She she is cool, and you you there's a one of the problems with the film. I think is there's there's a few mutants in this, which if they'd have been used properly, if they really existed, yeah, they did. They could have basically won this entire you know won the war in the future by themselves more or less, um, and in the past as well. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, they they only needed one or two specific mutants to to just complete the entire mission, the whole goal of the film. Um, but obviously, for story purposes, they didn't do that. So they kind of just they just kind of wrote them out or or changed the way you know didn't use them in that way or just didn't present it that that would be a possibility. Yeah. Um, otherwise, obviously, I guess the story you know they needed it to progress the story. Otherwise, it would have just been a very quick. Oh, this mutant can just do this, can't they? Oh, that's the end. Um, so I, a little bit of that feeling crept in. Um, I, the time travel stuff, I you know, uh, I, you know, I, it it seemed like a bit of a gimmick just to get the original, uh, the you know the main cast and crew of uh, you know Pete um, Patrick Stewart, Ian McKellen and so on into uh, a film with the uh, the the first class uh, um, <laughs> actors just to get everyone together. It seemed a bit of an excuse to do that, but you know it's. Time travel is not, you know, within without, you know, out, out bounds from, you know, their mutant powers. You know, they can do a lot of things that aren't real. So, you know, it's perfectly okay to stretch your imagination that way. But, but they didn't really use the, uh, the, the older uh, cast um, all that much, I don't think. Uh, although I suppose technically this is a, you know, a younger X-Men movie. Um, so they were supposed to be the main cast. Um, uh, yeah, I, I think the. the biggest reason I felt not particularly excited when I came out of it is because the best stuff for me happens in the first half hour, the, the, the first half hour of the story, um, sending Wolverine back in time to, to kind of get the old X-Men together to team up to accomplish the goal, to, to save the future, to stop all the Sentinels that are now rampaging, killing mutants and humans who help mutants, mm-hmm. um, which is the story, I should perhaps explain. <laughs> But uh, yeah, so the first half hour of it, the whole going back in time thing, and then the first part in the seventies with Wolverine wandering around, and then um, finding Xavier and, and Magneto. Uh, that was that was quite good. I liked the seventies setting and um, uh, and the the way they got hold of Magneto. I I don't know how much we can say about that without specifically spoiling. No, how don't, it's done. So don't I can't really say how we go into those things. But that whole first act, if you like was really well done i think um uh, and there were some great set pieces in there uh that for me were the highlight of the film so everything that came after that it turned it into a bit more of just a, a standard x-men film like all the others where um you, you're just going along and 
you know, humans trying to kill mutants, you know, and then you've got the, the same storyline with, uh, you know, Magneto and, and, and Charles disagreeing, you know, on how to best achieve their goal. As they um, do. As they, they always do. Um, uh, and so it just, it, it seemed a bit of a repetition for me of, uh, of that. Um, and, and that's, that's really what, what just disappoints me. It was just a bit of a, you know, the only thing that changed really was what they do with their specific powers. You know, what big thing can we get to happen this time using, you know, so-and-so's powers? Mm-hmm. Uh, and we'll use that as a big spectacular thing. But they, I'm just, I've stopped being impressed by those big, just scenes of giant stuff moving and, you know, and trying to impress the audience with, let's see what the biggest thing we can possibly think of to move is, um, or to, you know, what can we possibly have, you know, the, the most amazing power happen but it, it just doesn't feel spectacular to me anymore uh, maybe because we've seen it so many times in previous x-men films and we've also had all the marvel event you know all the avengers movies over the last 10 years or so so i uh, maybe just or me personally i just maybe just been completely spoiled with all this um well choreographed fantasy that you know it's you know all the cgi is excellent it all looks good now nothing looks really cheesy or cheap uh, it all looks quality um, so, and, but there's been so much of it. I just guess it's it, it's not impressive for me anymore. So, without a decent story to to back it up, um, I, it just it just falls flat a little bit for me. I see you are you are a bit of a downer today. I know. I, 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 I don't <laughs> want to be. I, I I like the X Men in general. You know. I mean, I read the comics when I was when I was a kid. Not all of them, so I don't know the story. You know, all of them. People like Bishop's backstory, for example, I've no clue about mm-hmm. um, all that kind of, you know, all those kind of ones. Um, even the Sentinels, to an extent, I, I have no idea what the ultimate conclusion was in the comic book storyline with the Sentinels and everything. Yeah. All I know is, you know, they they stomped around and they got cut up a lot by Wolverine. That's all I remember. <laughs> um, but, um, but yes, I, you know, I, I, you know, I like that, you know, that genre, but uh, uh, it, it's just... I, I'm failing to be impressed. <laughs> I feel really bad about it. <laughs> well, the um, the story of the film is from a comic book. Yes, it is. It's uh, in the comic book. I think the comic book's actually from the 70s. And Kitty Pride travels back, her consciousness, from the future. So, you know, it's not like we have now where we're in the 2000s and we send someone back to the 70s. It was in the 70s and somebody comes back from the future. And all... Because... Kitty Pride at that point in time was like a 15 year old girl, brand new to the X-Men she was just like, oh I'm a teenager, la da da and then all of a sudden she's like okay guys, I've just travelled back from the future <laughs> and I'm like 40 years old there, and shit's gone real, and we need to sort some shit out <laughs> so it's, it's a pretty iconic um, yeah, comic yeah. book story so, I think it's a bit unfair of you to say you feel like it was just an excuse to to get uh, the old cast and the new cast together. It is a story from the comics. It's not just contrived. Yeah. Entirely. Yeah, that's totally, yeah, that's totally valid. Okay. It's, it's just at the time, that's what it felt like to me. I think because the new, the, the, the older cast, the Patrick Stewart cast, is not very, is not utilised very much. I think that was the reason it feels a bit like that. But obviously the story itself does hold together in, in that sense. Yeah, well, I, I liked it a lot more than you, <laughs> by the sounds <laughs> of it. Uh, I didn't love it, yeah. But I really, really liked it. Um, there are a few stumbling blocks for me. A, f- a couple of things that I would consider plot holes. Um, yes, definitely. Namely, the way that you said, like certain mutants' powers 
Uh, you know how they work, but you don't know their limits. So you just assume things about them which make you question why they don't use them in a certain way. And we'll yeah. get to that more in spoilers. Yes. Um, but I thought overall, like, the logic of the film really held up well. They set their rules straight away. It's like, boom, I'm going to send your consciousness back in time until I stop doing it. Both timelines will exist at the same time. Mm-hmm. And then... So it gives you the like the sort of a gives you a good excuse up front to have both timelines going at the same time. Switching back and forth between them, I thought was done quite well. Um, it, yeah, the the Patrick Stewart uh, side of the cast was a little underutilized. I agree. Yeah, but you know oh. they're trying to <clears throat> pave the way for Fastbender and that lot to be sort of the stars of the next few X Men films. I think from what we've seen, anyway. Yeah, and, and yeah, I mean, once we get into spoilers, the, the, the way the film concludes does kind of, I can't even say what it does, <laughs> but, but yeah. you know, th- there, was, there was actually not so much of a need for Patrick Stewart and that cast to be, to be used all that much. I mean, you can't, you can't focus on, you, they need to focus on one side of the cast more than the other anyway, because otherwise the film would feel completely split in half. Yeah. Um, um, so... That, you know, they they obviously made the decision that this was going to be a, 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 a you know the first class cast second movie proper. Um, so it's really their movie. Um, as long as you understand, you know, as long as you kind of go in there understanding that rather than expecting it to be a proper team up, yeah. um, then then I think you know you'd be okay with that. Yep, um, I really really liked a lot of the action in this film. Uh, there's a a scene at the very start of the film which is pretty spectacular. It's full-on mutants turning their powers on and fighting Sentinels, and it's awesome. Um, And there's a few more action sequences throughout the film. They never quite reach that standard, I feel. Uh, Or at least they never exceed it. That first action scene where you're first seeing Blink use all her portal powers, and you first see, like like in the trailer, Iceman doing his ice slide thing for the first time. That action sequence is really, really good and really well shot in an interesting way. Um, things happen because of like Blink's power, brand new, interacting with all these other new powers. Um, things like action, bits of action that you've never really seen before in any film, let alone yeah. an X-Men film. And it's a really interesting action scene. And I feel like that's carried uh, all the way through the film. You know, Jennifer Lawrence gets a lot of nice ass kicky moments. She does a lot of breakdowns, yeah, kicking people in the face. Yeah, yeah, she's really kind of... They've really played on her, the fact that she's extra strong and kicks a lot of ass in this Yeah, one. they're placing her as sort of the star of the franchise going forward, I feel like. It's yeah. going to be James McAvoy, Michael Fassbender, Jennifer Lawrence. Those are the three stars that... Yeah. Because, I mean, you know, Hugh Jackman can't do it forever because he has to do a crazy diet to keep that physique. <laughs> so he probably wants a break at some point. You need three stars to carry the films. Yeah. That's, a, that's a good three, you know. Oh, yeah, they're, they're all really good in, in, the, in their roles. They, I mean, can't fault them for that at all. Um, as much as I, you know, maybe wasn't that impressed with the, the overall story, um, th- their, their characterization is, is really, really good. Um, uh, Fastbender, especially, I, he's he's just great as Magneto. He is. I, I thought James McAvoy did a good job as well as the sort of mm. not quite drug addict, but close version of <laughs> <Yeah>. Professor X. <laughs> Drunk, you know, being a bit of a dick. 
but <laughs> still in a in a charming James McAvoy type way. I feel like if anyone's underutilized in this film, it's Hugh Jackman. He all he has to do yeah. he just walks yeah. around and gives people exposition the whole film. He's that not really involved in many part. action scenes. He because he's in the past, he doesn't have his metal claws, so he's not really much use. He doesn't yeah. do much it's... fighting. But that, I guess that that actually kind of I guess worked in in the film's favor a bit because it means you can't just have you know Wolverine just jumping on everything, slicing it up, um, and saving the day constantly like he normally does. They, they've got to allow the other mutants to go in there and have you know uh, have give them a chance to to show what they can do. I do agree, but I mean, for the majority of the film, I just kind of felt like he was a bit useless. Like oh, he was yeah. just there for a lot of the film, which is a bit of a disappointment because you like to see Wolverine ripping shit up. <laughs> he only really has one scene where he actually attacks anybody. It's a bit of a letdown. Um, but yeah, overall the cast, really good job. And this cast is fucking huge. So many cameos. Um, pretty much every mutant you can think of uh, yeah, yeah, in some way. There's loads. <laughs> so, you know, Halle Berry's in it, even though she says about two words. <laughs> <It's like laughs> Obviously, uh, Patrick Stewart and <gasps> Ian, McKellen. Ian McKellen. Thank you. Yeah. I don't know why I blanked on that. <laughs> you know, Ellen Page, she's back. There's just pretty much everyone that you would want, uh, yeah. which is nice to see. I really like that aspect of it. It gave me a similar feeling as when I saw the Avengers. You know, seeing everyone together. I definitely get that feeling. Although it is, I mean, it is that weird thing of. So it's the X-Men universe, which means it's also the Marvel universe. Mm-hmm. But where's Iron Man? Why didn't <laughs> Iron Man stop these Sentinels? It's got that weird thing about it. Which yeah, even I though I know X-Men and the other film properties aren't part of the same studio, so it could never happen, you still can't help but feel that way. The same with Spider-Man, you know? He's going yeah. around New York. You know the Avengers Tower is in New York. <laughs> but it's just never really crossover it's just that weird yeah, feeling it's, it's just one of those things you, you just have to accept that they're the same world but not the same world at the same time you, yeah. you just have to kind of accept that if you're gonna watch all these movies otherwise you can imagine the x-men avengers team up would just be <laughs> jesus christ i don't yeah. even know how that would it happen. makes you <laughs> kind of wonder how the marvel universe even works because they're, <laughs> yeah. they're literally mutants all over the world millions of them and there are also all the superheroes Spider-Man, yeah. Iron Man, Thor... There's, there's basically no real it. humans left. It's just humans <laughs> and superheroes. Some mutants and superheroes just all over the show. <laughs> it is kind of mind-boggling when you start to put all the pieces together. Um, I thought the sound design in this film was kind of shit. I did an interesting moment where it first started um, and they tried to do like the, um, you know, the here's the music to the film over some graphics. And the music was just really kind of quiet and I was a bit like oh well, this isn't getting me pumped up at all it's like, <laughs> it wasn't bad music but it was just kind of like oh yeah. this is really quiet in this theater. and all everything else was fine but just like that one bit of sound design the very first like thing you hear in the film is music that's not loud it's not yeah very, I don't know I have to say I, I can't even remember any music in the film whatsoever <laughs> I, I don't I don't remember there being any um and yeah, I, I I kind of agree with you. The fact that none of the um, I I don't remember at all being completely any you know blown away at all by the, the particular sound design or um, any of the sound in general. Uh, it, it was just 
the general noises I would expect to hear from the things I was seeing on screen, it, I, it, which is perhaps a stupid thing to say, but <laughs> but it, it yeah, I you know it's it's notable by the fact that it's not really that notable. Um, yes, it, exactly. Know, it, it it just it's functional, I think, rather than spectacular. Yeah. Whereas in Godzilla, as we reviewed last week, you know there were moments where you felt yourself like shaking yeah. in your seat. Yeah, this, yeah, that was yeah, that was that was kind of all the most polar opposite. They were they were using the sound to really push the story and to help tell the story. Whereas in this, they, you know, they they've gone the other way and generally gone right. It's the mutant powers um, that are going to sell this. Um, yeah, there's an action scene near the end which um, fell a bit <laughs> flat for me because the sound design was really bad. Like <laughs> it was a pretty epic action scene, the things that were going on, but it just didn't carry much weight. And we'll talk yeah. about it in spoilers the specific one because I do want to. Yeah, it's quite hard to actually talk a lot about this film without mentioning anything that could be considered a spoiler because it's it's, it's it really difficult in this film in particular. But I think that's that's a good thing because there's so many things that I wouldn't want to spoil for somebody. Like yeah. there's even little scenes in action sequences that I think I, I would want to be with somebody when they see that for the first time and see if they go, "Oh, that was cool." Um, I really appreciate little things like that, and I definitely think. If they get one thing right in this film, it's showing off every mutant's powers so they each feel cool. Mm-hmm. Um, because the you know the previous X Men films, because they're set around the school, there's a lot of little kids running around whose power is like I can turn on a TV with my mind, <laughs> like that'll be impressive. But pretty much every mutant you see in this film is kicking all kinds of ass, yeah, and it's awesome. There's. Uh, so Blink steals the show for me because I'm a video game fan. Right. Uh, she basically has portals. That's her power. Yes. The portals she is. from Paul is her power. <laughs> and they use I'm... it in ways if you've played Portal, yeah, yeah. You yeah. you know the ways they're sort of gonna use them. There's one scene in particular where you go, Are they gonna do it? Are they gonna do the thing that you do in Paul? And they totally yes. do it. Yeah, they did. Um, that was well impressive. And it was especially impressive because if you've played Portal, um, which is probably a lot of people seeing this film, to be honest. <laughs> you know how hard it is to think with portals? Yeah, yeah. So immediately you go, she is on top of her shit. She <laughs> knows exactly how she's using those portals. It's incredibly difficult, but she's just using it like naturally. So you really get the sense up front, like, these mutants know their powers <laughs> inside and out. It's really yeah. cool. Um her power is one of the ones that I think kind of breaks the film. Yeah, I agree. Because um, you, you don't see a limit. You don't know if she can just teleport, like open up a small portal inside every sentinel and they just pull the, like, the power out. You don't know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, or, or, you know, I suppose there might be people also thinking that she could just open a portal to the other side of the planet or something and just drop them all through there, but... Yeah, I, I or think just in, in the, like, I think open the coin... a portal to space and suck them out into space. Like... <laughs> yeah, just anything, anything like that. But but I think if I'm right, she has kind of a limited range within the comics. I think that's. Um, I I kind of expect that's the case, but we're never shown it. Um, yeah, you, you're never. Yeah, you, you're kind of. You kind of just. I suppose they try to lead you to believe that she obviously has a, a limited range on how far she can move the portals and stuff. So, and you'd have to. I don't know, you just have to kind of assume that must be the case. 
Um, otherwise, you're right. She would just like break the entire film. Yeah, but it's um, difficult to assume that's the case when somebody's literally sending somebody back in time. That, that with that their is power, exactly, yeah, like exactly. you know, what's the limit? If if her yeah. power of going through walls eventually evolves to I can teleport your consciousness back in time. Yeah. How do we know Blink has any any limit whatsoever? Yeah. Yeah. And that's she's not even the biggest problem. There's a way bigger <laughs> plot hole. There is a massive, uh, <laughs> and it's one that is not even dealt with very well at all. It's it's, it's not dealt with in the slightest. It's not dealt with at all. You're right. It's just kind of ignored. It's really weird. Um, but yeah, I also kind of thought with Blink's powers, she I wanted her to just if she opened up two of them really close to each other, and they just have a sentinel just kind of walking in permanently walking into itself. Yeah. And then if she just kept on doing that with with, with the, they just wouldn't be able to move anywhere without being you know, just constantly walking in a kind of infinite loop. Yeah, or can um, she not, like, you know. put one in a wall? So they just yeah, teleport, exactly. Like, you just Open one in a wall, and just, like... and, you know, or, in, or, you know, on the side of the mountain where they are, or whatever it is at the beginning of the... Um, towards the beginning where they're getting, you know, I think it's like some kind of mountain retreat or something. There's a lot of rock around. Yeah. <laughs> since because they climb up this rock, don't they? They're on some, yeah, they're on, they're on a mountain. So, um, so there's a lot of rock around. So, yeah, just open a portal in the middle of the mountain and just, just yeah. leave up there. <laughs> you have to assume as well, like, you could chop one in half with a portal, like, you know, it steps yeah. halfway through and then you close it. Yeah, exactly. You would expect yeah. that to be the case, but... Yeah. Or open, a, as one goes through, make the, the exit portal really small. So, yeah. it's, <laughs> you know, it's just suddenly crushed or just can't fit through or whatever, you know, and then shut the other portal and it's completely destroyed. Yeah. Um, all, yeah, all kinds of things. Um, yeah, she, she does have the potential to completely break the film, but um, yeah, I guess that you know they they, they used her because they wanted to show off her, her power in the film. I guess to you know, and they do that. they do do a really good job. They, they do a good job of it. You just have to kind of suspend your disbelief a little bit further than suspending disbelief, um, <laughs> uh, and just assume that she can't do unlimited things with it. Yeah. Well, overall, for me, the film worked on pretty much every level. There were just little things that stopped it from being like a 9 or a 10 out or a 10 out of 10 for me. Really? Wow, you, it was that impressed for you? Yeah, yeah I'd, I'd give it like an 8 out of 10. I think the cast on its own is enough to get me excited and then they weren't used um, badly. I don't think any of them were used badly except maybe Hugh Jackman but he's had two of his own films. <laughs> it's fine if he takes a backseat for a film. That's cool. We get plenty of, you know, Patrick Stewart. We get plenty of Ian McKellen. We get plenty of Fassbender. We get plenty of Jennifer Lawrence. Uh, plenty of Peter Dinklage as well. I thought he would get sort of a backseat because he's, he's yeah, kind he's... of the villain. And you didn't see much of him in the trailers, but he's there's a lot of him in this film, which I really Yeah, there's way more of him than I thought there'd be. Because yeah. he's fantastic in everything. He is. <laughs> um, he he kind of yeah he he really looks right in the seventies as well yeah, <laughs> in a weird does. way <laughs> kind of like cool. <laughs> <laughs> they um they did a really good job in my opinion anyway with the story um, explaining everything in a way that made sense in this universe. You know, time travel ordinarily doesn't make sense and really shouldn't make sense, <laughs> but this was a good way of them making it as simple as possible, as easy to understand as possible, and they filmed it really well, flicking back and forth between the two in real time, so you constantly feel like those two timelines are connected, which is very important for the story they're trying to tell. 
Mm-hmm. And I think the most important thing they did was they do a really good job of showing you the stakes. Right from the start, you know the stakes are incredibly high. Yeah, you're right. Actually, I I forgot about that. There there is some there's some quite serious imagery at the beginning of this yeah. of this film. Um, with I mean, it's it's very kind of Holocaust type um, imagery. You know, the piles of bodies and stuff, and you know, being dumped out the back of trucks or something like that. And, and it's and it's like well, and this is a 12A movie. You know, it's, it's supposed to be you know for you know, twelve and up, and you think, but that, but the, the, but that technically means anyone under twelve can attend as long as an adult is with them, which I had in my cinema. There was quite a few kids, definitely under twelve. Yeah, there was some kids in there as well. Uh, yeah, and you're thinking, you're thinking, okay, these are proper serious uh, Holocaust images. Yeah. <laughs> these these nine and ten year olds are not getting this, and no. plus they're just seeing just complete just death. <laughs> just everywhere. Yeah, a lorry just, literally just drops yeah. off corpses yeah, on the floor. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> it's kind it's of horrible. Really, and I, I think this is this suffers that this twelve A rating causes that exact problem with this and with the the Avengers films because everything is being twelve A nowadays. Mm-hmm. And so they've got to cater. They know that adults love these films, but they know that kids are really into you know, superheroes and it's mutants and it's you know all the cool powers and stuff. So they know kids really want to see this stuff. So they've they've got to try and cater for both audiences at the same time, which causes these these weird kind of dichotomies where you've got to have, you know, uh, on one hand, you've got people like Iron Man cracking jokes, and then in the next, in the next scene, you've got someone having their head pulled off, and you think, well, that's, you know, or, or somebody's being shot in the face completely casually as if it just means nothing, and it's, it's, it's a really weird dichotomy that that, that that kind of develops where they're trying to deal, you know, with both both sets of audiences at the same time within one movie. Well, yeah, the Avengers, they steer away from that <clears throat> pretty severely. Like, the whole um, alien invasion of New York thing in the Avengers, you don't see a yeah. single civilian die That's, at yeah. any point, which Although is feel... kind of insane. <laughs> Although they completely reversed that. Uh, well, not reverse it, I guess. I mean, by the time you get to Captain America Winter Soldier, I was sat watching that going... I mean, there's a load of police, and I know they're kind of evil police and stuff, but they're still mm-hmm. human. But they're just getting murdered left, right, and centre by everybody, just getting drilled in the head with, with guns, like, yeah. through the roofs of cars and through the windshield. And it's completely, and it's just completely casual and just thrown away. It's like, pff, right, this guy's just been completely riddled with bullets. Next. And it's, like, and it's just again and again and again. It's just, it's so much of it that I, it, it, it makes me feel slightly uncomfortable um, just watching it, which is stupid from an adult point of view, but I think this is just overkill on the overkill kind of. It's mm. really, it, it, it's, it's, it, they've really started pushing it really, really far. Well, um, in this instance, I was okay with them pushing it. Uh, you know, the tone they needed to set right from the off was it's the <laughs> end of the world. Yeah, I mean, and, and to be fair, it's only really the, those beginning scenes where they've gone right. The conclusion, you know, the, the ultimate thing that's going to happen here is, it, you know, if, if something isn't done about this, the future will be actual hell. There's just, you know, it's, it's just going to get as bad as this. And they show you to that right off. Yeah. And that's really as bad as, you know, the imagery is, 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 is serious at that point. And then for the rest of the film, it's, you know, they, they don't, I don't think they go crazy with, you know, people in just hacked to death or murdered. Well, you know, there's quite a lot of deaths. <laughs> there, there is. Yes, there is. But I'm not, I mean, it's, you know, I, I don't remember there being loads of civilians getting killed unless yeah. I, unless I have forgotten because my memory is a bit rock and rubbish. <laughs> there's a specific moment as well where you would think they would at least show one getting killed. 
Yeah. But it doesn't happen. Sorry. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but overall, um, yeah, I the film really worked for me. They set up the stakes really well. So right from the start, you're like, okay, I know this is important stuff that they're about <laughs> to do. Um, time travel, good. Acting, very good. Yeah. Story was good. And I like it wasn't sort of, as I thought it might be, it's not necessarily the last X-Men film, you know. They don't close the loop on sort of either any possibilities at all. Anything can still happen in this universe. Especially now, because, you know, the whole time travel thing, it leaves so much room for experimentation now. Yeah, they could, they could go literally anywhere with the next film. Yep. They, they've, I mean, they've opened, they just... <laughs> Once we explain the ending, you know, it it it, it just opens the whole world up again. Um, you can they can do anything they want with pretty much any character. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. I yeah I, I you know I I, I kind of like I do I do like the the um, the Magneto uh, and uh, Professor X relationship that goes on. I mean, and they've had this and they've continued that it's been the same relationship kind of in every X Men film. Hmm. Um, where I mean they've been compared obviously to um, um, Martin Luther King and uh, and Malcolm X, yeah. Kind of two sides of you know they're you know two people who ultimately kind of want the same thing, but they want to go about it in completely different ways. Mm-hmm. You know, one of them wants the you know uh, peace through unity kind of kind of approach, and the other one is just like fight the power kind of <laughs> you know um, literally, <laughs> literally <laughs> you know. But ultimately, you know, it's you know they, they kind of they. They want to achieve kind of. Uh, they want to stop mutants being killed and all the rest of it, and they want to be able to to live in their own way. But they completely have a complete dichotomy of the way they want to actually approach that. Um, and that relationship kind of works in that in that sense in this film as well. The, the same, you know, that same thread has, has continued through this film as it did in the previous, um, in the previous one. Uh, and you know, and I, I like that relationship. I like definitely I like that between those two, and that works really well. Um, it always has done, and it, it definitely works with you on this one as well. Yep, agreed. Yeah. All right, so what would you rate this, Don? Uh, well, my initial thoughts and ratings on this, when I, if, if we were to do it out of 10, then I, I kind of gave it a 5, which is, it seems harsh, I know, but it's, it's literally an average score. Uh, it's, it's just like, this is... It, it's, I mean, I wanted to go and see Godzilla again, <laughs> but I I don't necessarily want to go and see this again, at least not immediately. Whereas with Godzilla, I was like, I really want to go and see that monster do stuff again. But in this, I mm. I I don't. I can I can wait and uh, you know, and, and, yeah, I can wait to see this one again. It, it doesn't. Yeah, it didn't. Um, it didn't grab me in that sense. Where I I need a repeat viewing um, straight away. So it it just ended up being a bit average for me, which has been, you know, like I say at the beginning, it's been my experience with all the X Men movies. Uh, you know, I don't hate them by any means. I just don't find them as exciting and as spectacular and as gripping as um, as, as a lot of other people do. And, and I can see why people love them a lot more than I do, and that's perfectly fine. Uh, maybe I'm just getting a bit jaded in the old age. <laughs> <laughs> maybe I, I agree with you that I would rather see Godzilla again than this again, <clears throat> but. Um... Yeah, I'm not as harsh on it. I'd give it probably like an 8 out of 10. Mm-hmm. It is, for me, my favourite X-Men film. I wasn't that wild about First Class. Um, 
I'm not that wild about any of the other ones, to be honest. The Wolverine was fine. Ah, I hated that movie. It, <laughs> it literally didn't need to exist. It, it just, it's True. just, it just, you can remove that entire film and it makes no difference to anything. And it's, the story didn't need to be told. I'm not going to get into a rant about the Wolverine, but uh, <laughs> it wasn't for me. Let's put it that way. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> uh, well, I thought it was okay. I'd probably give it like a 5 out of 10. <laughs> uh, I wasn't as high on first class as a lot of people I knew were. Um, but I much preferred this film to first class, personally. Um, the best things about first class are maintained in this and improved upon. Um, and I personally would recommend it. If you've seen any of the other X-Men films, chances are, because they're on like ITV2 and stuff now, yeah, chances are you've great. seen the original X-Men trilogy before. I would just go and see this film. Um, you'll have a, I think you'll have a good time. Uh, plus, you get to listen to the second half of the podcast if you've seen the film. Because <laughs> we are about to talk spoilers for X-Men... Uh, what's it called? Days of Future Days Past. Days of Future Past. You took the things that mean the most to me. Maybe you should have fought harder for them. There is a new enemy out there. Mutants. You'll need a new weapon for this war. I know what I have to do. It's us or them. All those years wasted fighting each other, Charles. I've watched a lot of people die. Friends. been given a second chance guide us lead us i don't want your future we were supposed to protect them you're afraid i remember okay so spoilers yes Let's talk, let's talk about Quicksilver. <laughs> yeah, so Quicksilver. Quicksilver is the answer to every problem. He is. He's also the best character in this entire movie. Agreed. Um, for me, <laughs> yeah, he has the best. The, he's the best. He's the uh, the best character. Has the best scenes and the best single scene in the entire film, which uh, is when they rescue uh, or uh, rescue Magneto from his uh, his prison under the Pentagon, mm. and he just that is so well shot and so uh, just the choreography of it and just it's just brilliantly done the, the inventiveness mainly is the thing because um, he's um, they're confronted by what four or five guards yeah. and Magneto is about to go ape shit and just drill them all with various bits of metal in the room uh, and uh, Charles can't stop him because he's got no powers because he's an addict yeah. <laughs> Because there's a lesson there for your kids. Don't do drugs. Yeah, <laughs> don't do drugs. It messes with your head. That's the the really blatant message Shit. they were given <laughs> in that movie. Um, yeah, and he just uh, Quicksilver just kind of casually <laughs> slips his glasses on, and you follow him around in this slow mo, which is obviously representing him moving incredibly fast, um, faster than bullets <laughs> by way, a long way, way faster. Than, I mean. He's approaching the speed of light. It's yeah, it's insanely fast. Um, yeah, but the, the the guys, whoever wrote that scene and, and choreographed them, what he was going to do with the bullets and with the, the 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 guards in that room to kind of take them all out was genius. Mm-hmm. It, and it was 
just the best scene. I'd happily watch that scene a few more times, uh, more than a lot of other scenes in the entire movie. I I agree, it's probably the best scene in the film. Yeah. Um, but it has me worried about the Avengers 2. Really? Oh, because he's... He's in that, is he? Quicks- not this same not, actor, but... No, but it is Quicksilver, isn't it? Yeah, it is Quicksilver. I hope yeah. Joss Whedon doesn't do him this way. Because knowing he's a member of the Avengers, if they show his power as being as powerful as this, yeah. that also breaks that film. <laughs> uh, like, there's no reason Quicksilver doesn't solve every problem in this universe instantly. Yeah. Even the point where they're watching Magneto like hold up the president on TV... Quicksilver could run there, punch Magneto in the face, stop all the guns, and save everybody in that room. Like, before the bullet would even come from the gun into the president. <laughs> yeah. That's how powerful they show Quicksilver as being. It's, it's insane, isn't it? He... And my worry as well is that they'll just ignore him now. He won't be in the next X-Men film, which they're going to bring out, I imagine. Um, because you've already shown him as being ultimately powerful. You yeah. can't depower him, but you no. can't bring him back because he's then is the answer to any problem you have. Unless, well, yeah. Because they, you know, they tease Apocalypse at the end of the credits. Yes. Um, yeah. And the Four Horsemen. Yep. If they... one of their powers magically negates quicksilver <laughs> yeah. i guess that could work i mean that's that's i mean that's, that's the way they the way they kind of dealt with quicksilver being massively overpowerful though was to, to simply just drop him out of the movie after after yeah. they rescue magneto they kind of go okay you've rescued magneto you've done this brilliant you've saved everyone's life you've got magneto see ya so you literally just just leave him at the side of the road like or, like he just gets in a car and drives off at this road it's like what but why did why not get him? In fact, why bother rescuing Magneto at all? Why not just get Quicksilver and go? Ah, we need to find Mystique and uh, stop her from killing Trask. Could yep. you just, uh, you know, if you don't mind? Yeah, sure, mate. He runs in, you know, just grabs Mystique and just pulls her out of the room or whatever. Uh, you know, just takes the gun out of her hand, whatever. You know, and problem solved. <laughs> because he, people don't even know. Like he runs into the world's safest lift. Behind the guy, and the guy doesn't even notice. Like, they yeah. literally show him being undetectable because he's so fast. Yeah, it's he has the ultimate power basically. Um, it's yeah, it's insane. Um, yeah, so yeah, the movie is kind of broken at that point, um, yeah. and yeah, and then as soon as they did just drop him off, that kind of dropped off my interest. Just kind of started dropping at that point because I'm mm. like, well, this character was awesome. Plus he was kind of funny. Um, and, and the, you know, the way he took out the guards, getting to punch themselves in the face and stuff like that, that was just hilarious. Um, brilliantly done. I thought, Oh great. I want to see more of that, but no, you'd get to see no more of that inventiveness in, in the, in the film. And I was like, oh, fuck's sake. <laughs> <laughs> so I was just depressed about that for the rest of the film. Instead, you get Magneto doing what he did in the, every other film, which is wander around kind of rooms um, where the other mutants are, trying to convince Mystique that you know she's you know perfect the way she is. She doesn't need to change. People should accept you the way you are. Yeah. He, and he just he goes back to that kind of his that kind of rhetoric in this film. He just it's like he wanders around in the in the background of scenes where other mutants are having doubts about themselves, and then just sticks his head in the corner and goes, 
hey kid, you're beautiful just the way you are, <laughs> and then walks off. Yeah. And it's it's like he does that. He does it in first class as well. Um, and and that kind of thing is just I'm like, well, I don't. <laughs> Let's put Quicksilver back on. <laughs> well, they, they also fuck around with Magneto's powers a lot in these films. Like his power is magnetism. It's not yes, turn not... metal into liquid that goes inside Sentinels and magically controls them. Power. It's how... magnetism. Yeah. How does how does he switch them on exactly? I mean, the, the whole concept. Power. Yeah, ma- metal power just switch. It runs electricity and whatever non-metallic jets that are in there that cause them to lift off the ground i, I they're supposed to be obviously the, the, the they're supposed to be non-metallic these um these sentinels because obviously they know about magneto's power yeah but how how are they non-magnet how is there no <laughs> yeah. there no electricity and therefore metal uh in in any of these things i mean what is powering the, the jetpacks on them how mm-hmm. how is that happening it's yeah yeah, it's a much, bit ridiculous. Yeah, much less. How does Magneto switch them on just by having, you know, strands of metal, you know, around them? He could, he can be a puppet master. Sure, I'll buy that. Yeah. But they would be switched off, and he would basically be just swinging around, but <laughs> guiding them like puppets. Yeah, like his plan as well. Like those things were. Me- I thought he was just going to crush the metal containers they were in. That would also <laughs> end the Sentinel problem immediately. Yeah. But instead, he chooses this way more convoluted plan of somehow melting railway girders and inserting them into Sentinel so he can control them. Yeah, he's controlling so much at the same time in this film. He's he's control. He's you know, he's he's levitating the entire football stadium or baseball stadium, yeah. um, as well as controlling eight separate Sentinels at the same time. Uh, God, but I also didn't quite get why he suddenly. That scene, in fact, where he he, he takes the, the the railway lines and and inserts them into the Sentinels, I didn't get why he'd suddenly just decided. I know I'm going to become bad again, even though I know in the future, our you know our futures depend on working together, or we're all going to die. Yeah, so that's just the point of us getting back together. I've just been rescued from prison by Charles and everybody. We need to stop this guy from putting Mystique's power in the Sentinels. So what I'll do now is just fuck everyone over. Yeah, that's that's a good idea. I'll just go off and do my own thing again. I, I didn't get that his motivation for doing that was was strong enough. It just sudden. It's, it's like he just went. Eh. I, just the next one scene, he was like, okay, and the next scene, he went. Eh, I'm gonna be bad again now. You know, it's kind of a clever plan. Ex- he just executed very badly. Like you know, if they unveiled the Sentinels, then all of a sudden those Sentinels started shooting at civilians. End of the Sentinel program forever. <laughs> Job yeah. done. You've saved the entire future, but instead he just decides to go unbelievably evil at the drop of a hat. Yeah, yeah. And, and they didn't actually need to save Trask at all. All they had no. to do was stop Mystique falling into their hands. So all they had to do actually was just they could get Trask get killed. Not that you know Xavier would want that. He's supposed to be a good guy, but they could technically let Trask get killed, but just don't let Mystique get carp and use an, an experimented on. Yeah. All you have to do is rescue Mystique. That's it. And Quicksilver could have done that. In yeah. <laughs> Obviously, you know, she could have been captured, and then you could have just got and got Quicksilver to to rescue her in in two seconds flat. Yeah, because literally, if those Sentinels just can't transform into having mutant powers, yeah, then you beat they, them. Yeah, they can get ripped apart by pretty much every other mutant there is. Yeah, Sunspot um, just melt them. Iceman, Ice them. Yeah, Colossus is rip them apart. Do whatever the fuck he wants. <laughs> Yeah, basically everyone but Magneto is kind of impotent 
because <laughs> they're, <laughs> they're made of plastic. So, you know, I guess he was a bit bummed about that. That is funny to me in these films. It's always like, you know, take all the metal out of this thing so Magneto can... What if there's a mutant that can control plastic? <laughs> exactly. What are they going to do then? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's it's crazy. But that's the other thing about the um, the Sentinels and that, that scene towards the end where he's um, being torn the Sentinels. He then turns to one... Um, and says, go and do what you do. Yeah. Um, so A, understands what he means by that, and B, it then what it does is track mutants and go and kill them. So instead of immediately looking at Magneto and going, oh, you're a mutant, I'm going to stomp your head in, it just ignores him entirely and turns around and finds Beast uh, and someone else. Wolverine. And, Wolverine, and goes after them instead. And you think, well, what? what? Why? You're, not, you're no longer under his control because he's... He, you know he can't <laughs> he's, he's obviously just had enough of controlling all of you and yeah. just wants to let you run off on your own now um so but it just completely ignores him until it's convenient of course when uh, uh to then for it to then turn around after beast unmutantifies himself again yeah convenient's um, the word yeah uh and then turns around and goes oh look magneto he's a mutant he was stood right in front of me oh, i should have <laughs> been attacking him in the first place oh let's have a go yeah so that's a that's just another There was a good scene in that bit, though, where um, Wolverine gets uh, punctured all through his body with steel bars. (laughs) I always like seeing Wolverine get abused. That was was probably the the, the, the only other properly gruesome bit, I think. Well, apart from all the deaths, (laughs) like the main mutants die, each of them die like twice. Yeah, they do all get their heads caved in. Horrible ways. Colossus gets ripped in half. Yeah, that... Oh, God, I forgot about that. Yeah, he does. Jesus. The, the, the eagle vision guy, his face, we literally see his face get melted off. <laughs> Iceman's decapitated and then his head stepped on. <laughs> it's freaking insane. So brutal, but it's amazing. That's that's kind of what I was getting at with the stakes as well. Like, I obviously couldn't talk about it pre-spoiler. Yeah. But the stakes, straight away, these yeah, well, things will kill every fucker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's, it was good. It's kind of good to see the mutants being more vulnerable uh, in that sense, to be a bit defenseless, regardless of their powers. It was. And um, they, they did a really good job. Like, the way Blink dies in that first battle is incredible. Where she, <laughs> like, you know, she teleports the Sentinel through, but she can't close it back quick enough, so it just is able to stab her back through the portal. Yeah, it works out what she's doing and turns around and goes back the other way. Yeah, that was fantastic. I thought that was probably my favourite bit of the film. Yeah. And they, like you said earlier, they do do that bit where they they drop a portal in the, uh, in the ground so that one can jump through it, then come through a, a, a a horizontal portal faster and then shoot, you know, go further across. That was, that was very clever. That was straight out of the game. <laughs> straight out of portal that was. Um, I think but what the brilliant. deaths were. Magneto gets a bit of shrapnel in his stomach. Pretty horrible. Storm <laughs> just gets fucking stabbed and Storm thrown off a cliff. Bishop <laughs> gets exploded. <laughs> oh god, yeah. They just fire lasers at him until he explodes. Yeah. yeah. Ugh. <laughs> Ugh. Horrible deaths. They did quite a good job, though, of kind of turning their powers against them. And, you know, in that sense, Iceman could obviously be crushed because he's ice. So they, they play on that fact. Yeah. And there were some like cool um, Easter eggs in that moment. Like one of the <laughs> Sentinels turns its skin to like diamond, which was Emma Frost's power from the first yeah. 
uh, yeah. first class. Uh, but she's not even in this film. It's just alluded to that they got her power at some point. Yep. The one of them has the um, sort of extendy fingernails. Oh yeah. From yes. the I forget her name, like Project X or whatever she is from X Men Two. X Men Two, yeah. Um, so it's just little little things here and there that I really appreciated. There's a bit where you know Quicksilver's watching TV and he's got his little sister on his lap, and you know she's going to turn into Scarlet Witch, who's another so. <laughs> She's also going to be in Avengers 2. It's those two are going to be in Avengers 2. Right. So, yeah. I guess that's where Quicksilver went. He drove off to New York to join the Avengers. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> well, not to go into spoilers about Captain America 2 here, but just, he's maybe not having the best time <laughs> at the start of the Avengers, I imagine. Uh, is there anything else that was spoiled? Well, I mean, the cameos at the end. I well, had such a massive nerd boner for all of that stuff. <laughs> it was so good. Did you not think so? I yes. It, I mean, I I'm glad they brought back. You know, they. I kind of had half. I was quite. I was half. You know, uh, it was half good for me and half bad because I felt like they'd done a J.J. Abrams on Star Trek and just reset the history. So now they can just do whatever the hell they want again because everyone is alive again. Yeah. And so they, you know. Cyclops is alive. Jean Grey is alive. Uh, everyone who died in uh, the, the film we've just watched mm-hmm. didn't die. <laughs> um, so they can now do a, a movie featuring all of those people again, even though they were previously dead. Yeah, I think that uh, that excites me most of everything in the film. I was probably at about a six watching the film until that last ten minutes, and then it jumped <laughs> up to an eight. Right. I'm well so excited. Actually, actually, that was the best bit of the film for you. <laughs> Maybe, yeah, maybe that was the best bit. Because, you know, they're walking through, he's like, oh my god, there's Rogue. And that's like, oh, they had little moments. Yeah. And then, like, the, the best bit for me was he's going to touch Jean Grey's face and Cyclops is like, whoa, 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 what are you doing? That's my girlfriend, man. <laughs> like, Cyclops got such a bitch death in the third X-Men film. So yeah. It's good to see him back. Cyclops, even though he was kind of shit in the films, he's actually just an awesome character. Like yeah. in the comics, he's like a tactical genius, and he's he's actually awesome instead of a little bitch he is in the film. So I think <laughs> giving them another opportunity at all these characters, if they choose to go that way, obviously, would be a good thing. Yeah, it the did leave problem... me feeling like it was a bit of a send off, though. Here's all these characters did one think, last time. Did you not think it was more of a setup for for using them in the future rather I... than rather than it being a close closure? I hope. It's to set up using them again in the future. Like I just said, man. I would like to see him play Cyclops again. I'd like to see her play Jean Grey again. Yeah, definitely. But I think it's more likely from now on, it's just fuck all that stuff. First class uh, timeline all the way. Yeah. Although I'm I'm now going to be completely confused about uh, what what year did Wolverine actually end up in after, after, after all that? Because he got, he actually drowns. Uh, in the in the final battle with Magneto, uh, and then he gets picked up out of the water, still alive, even though he, technically he can drown. Yeah. Um, but still alive and in the hands of actually Mystique, disguised as Striker. Yeah. That was so true. and of course he's not got his he's not got his adamantium claws or anything. So does she actually play herself as Striker for the next twenty years and put him through the Weapon <laughs> X program? Is that what we're supposed to believe now happened? Or I can't, I can't assume so. He has to get them back somehow. Somehow, yeah. But 
oh, Christ, God knows how. <laughs> plus, plus, you know, he now knows that it. That means that it, he's so. So is he gonna go through? Oh, it's so confusing now because if I start thinking <laughs> about it, it's like, well, so he's now alive in 1973, knowing the future, mm-hmm. um, but knowing also that it has changed. But that also means he knows that Stryker in previously had captured him and you know and, and forced the the, pro, the you know, weapon X procedure on him caused him unbelievable amounts of pain yep. so is he just going to let that happen again or what and, and also then the final scenes where we're back at the school and everyone's alive again what year was that was that mm. back in 2014 or was that 2023 or uh, at what point have we joined Wolverine again or was that 1973 again I, it can't be obviously because I was too no. old <laughs> <laughs> so yeah so that must be the future again obviously because Professor X is Patrick Stewart again Yep, and so, there was like there was holograms being used in one of the classrooms. So. Yeah, so it's actually a future future. In which case, what has happened if between nineteen seventy three and whenever that future was? What has now happened to all these characters? We're not going to know. X Men's eight through fifteen. <laughs> That's what's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I. It's yes, yeah, so it, it does. It, it just oh, it, that kind of thing just bothers me. Because let's say the next X Men film is includes includes Wolverine and Jean Grey and, and Cyclops and all those guys. Mm-hmm. That means we're going to have to just join them now at this stage where 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 we left off at, at um, Days of Future Past and not know any of the backstory that has actually happened to them in this new timeline. Yeah. So how are they going to work? Are they going to have to start retelling story of you know assume that we're just meeting them again for the first time? So we're going to have to work out. Something, I, I don't know. It Maybe, all got a bit... I mean, you know, it's not too far fetched nowadays to imagine a universe where we get a Cyclops film. Or no, no, definitely. A Jean Grey film. Mm. I think it's unlikely. <laughs> Depending on how well this film does, I expect it'll do very well. Um, uh, I mean, it's reviewed really well. I mean, I'm probably the most negative person about it. Everyone else <laughs> that I've read reviews and heard, you know, from, they're all, you know, well impressed, much like yourself. Yeah. Um, but yeah so what do you think of the after credits ending with Apocalypse I thought it was really cool there was that moment where I had to sort of you know the after credits finished and my girlfriend turns to me and goes so who was that (laughs) I have to be like okay here's the entire story of Apocalypse his power is basically whatever the fuck he wants yeah (laughs) (laughs) it was it was really cool like they're showing him um creating the pyramid yeah. was a really good image um, and then panning to the side to see the four horsemen <laughs> and his sort of bluish grey apocalypse face Yeah, um, I thought they did a really good job I've seen a lot of people that didn't like that they, they were like oh you don't have to stay till the end it's not that important of a clip but I thought it was really cool I think they just wanted it to be longer but that defeats the object of a kind of what well, they want a whole nother film to go to go right this is what's going to happen with apocalypse <laughs> next by the way no it's supposed to be a tiny little teaser to go apocalypse is going to be in whatever the next x-men film is yeah they they it looked to me like they were showing him building the pyramid to sort of it's very easy because once you've seen magneto's power in action yeah limited only to metal it's very easy to imagine the same power for all um, like earth as being sort of exponentially more impressive. Yeah. So I think that's just a good way of showing. So that's 
You've seen what Magneto can do all the way through this film, the shit he can cause. Look at what this guy can do with the thing the planet is made of. <laughs> I think they did a really good job of just showing, like, even somebody who doesn't know who that character is will go, oh shit, that's a fucking power right there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I suppose, you know, Jean Grey's Phoenix would kind of counter him. Sure, but there's a lot yeah. of, you know, she's holding something up, her nose starts to bleed or whatever, just... <laughs> You know, we get a lot of that in comic books. They, they yeah. you know, she has a limit to her power, which is good. Wasn't wasn't that limit though uh, forced upon her by Xavier? Well, didn't he kind of hold her back purposefully? Wasn't that kind of part of the reason she ended up going mad when she yeah. became Phoenix? Then she rips rips his body apart, but yeah. he's still alive. So... That wasn't explained actually, because <laughs> <laughs> that's another. Thing that because I, I I ended up watching X Men three again the other day because it was on the telly. Mm-hmm. Uh, sat through to the end of credits and there's that scene with uh, Xavier's just alive in a hospital bed and you go yep. well, oh, oh, God and now he's in a new film and it's not been explained how he returned. That's really annoying me. Well, and I don't and I and yeah. I don't know the obviously the comic book version of it, but yeah, there's no need for them to ever explain it now as well because that timeline never happened. <laughs> that timeline never even happened. Boom. Exactly, not a problem. Don't not think problem. about we it. Just just wiped it out. It's cool. It, Come in, JJ Abrams. <laughs> Come and screw us over. Thanks, Brian Singer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they fucked it. But the um what was I gonna say? Shit. Yeah. The bit where um this isn't related to what we were just talking about. <laughs> the bit where the Sentinels get taken over by Magneto for the first time. Yeah. And he's like kill the humans instead. We don't see a single human die in that entire sequence. No, the only ones left are the the kind of the the president and Trask and you know all the presidential secretaries, yeah, just in that metal box because yeah. that's it. That's all that's left. Everyone else is scarpered. <laughs> that was really that sort of took me out of the film for a minute because we see them. You know, these sentinels for some reason they shoot like a police car, so it explodes. Yeah, when there's people running in front of it, and it's like you know we've seen presumably at the start, you know, we've seen human, not human, sorry, uh, mutant corpses being dumped into a ditch. We've seen humans get their head ripped off and stepped on. <laughs> but you won't show us a civilian get killed? Yeah. Come on, man. Yeah, you've I you've think... said the word fuck. Like, what, what more <laughs> is there to do? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so it, it was, was a bit like, it, it made Magneto seem a bit of an impotent bad guy. Right, right. Which... I didn't like that's the bit that took me out because it was like you know not a single there's not a single corpse there when like Wolverine and Professor X and Beast are all attacking him there's not a single human corpse anywhere to be seen yeah I mean and failed and he does and he kills people in previous films he kills civilians like when he breaks out of the the plastic prison yeah in three is it I think oh yeah he he, fucks it up he just he tears that tears the Tears the lead out of that guy's blood. <laughs> just, yeah, you know, that's, that's a great that, scene. There's even a... a bit in this scene where he has some balls that he's hovering around, and he yeah. just uses them to hit people in the head. Yeah, he just knocks them unconscious and like, then goes about his day. Even in first class, he had that knife, which he like, you know, <clears throat> Magneto's into somebody's chest, then Magneto's back out again. Yeah, yeah, nothing like that. That was a this. cool scene. Actually, it's, it, the whole film just is him, kind of failing at everything he tries to do <laughs> he doesn't kill Mystique in fact he gives them her blood which is ridiculous of him yeah. 
Um, you know, he doesn't kill anybody. He doesn't kill a single human. He gains control of the Sentinels, but ultimately, that ends up working against him anyway. Yeah. Like Seems he, a lot of he just fails at everything he tries to do in this film. And, you know, you're left watching the ending happen. <laughs> and he's, all, he's, just, he's also left to just, just leave. And he just leaves, you know, exactly. He just, he just leaves. And he, he going, he's going to to Xavier, they'll they'll kill me, Charles. If you know, trying to play to his, you know, to his humanity to go, you know. Uh, and Charles is like, oh fuck you. <laughs> but then he just lets him leave. I was like, yeah. well, but what hang on. You know that he he cannot be trusted at all. And as far as he's concerned, mutants should rule. So you're just gonna Yeah, just okay, see ya. Mm-hmm. See ya mate. We'll see you next time. Uh and I guess that was just another part of, you know, in case they need Magneto for the next film. Yeah, it is, they uh, need him to be on the loose. Otherwise, they're going to have to break him out of prison again. <laughs> That'll be the third time. <laughs> yeah, that's a bit silly. It's just weird to me that you know we see Magneto not able to kill a single human being, but we we mm. see countless mutant deaths in this film. Yeah. We even see the corpses of some of your favourites from First Class. Mm. Like they have that girl's wing ripped off and yeah. in a little yeah. vault somewhere, just for people to look at every once mm. in a while. Yeah, and go, oh, they must have ripped that out of her back. Yeah, how incredibly horrible environment. Just kind of, kind of a weird tone. But a little bit. Well, I mean, it didn't affect my enjoyment of the film. It no. just these little things pile up and pile up and pile up, and are ultimately what make me say eight out of ten instead of nine or ten. Yeah, <laughs> just little things here and there, but <clears throat> they add up eventually. Yeah. Right, I think that'll about do it. Unless you've got anything to add, Don. Uh, I I don't think so. I mean, I'd still recommend people go see it if you're an X Men fan. Definitely, um, uh, I I think more people would um, probably veer towards uh, your point of view of uh, enjoying <laughs> it a little bit more than mine. Um, uh, and uh, is it worth seeing at the cinema? Would you say on the big screen? Um, for hmm. me, for me, I didn't. There's nothing huge and spectacular that is so so spectacular that i would want to see it on a giant screen you know a second you know a second time or even for the first time i I don't feel like i would have missed much by watching it on uh on my own tv for example yeah compared to godzilla which i think you have to see yeah godzilla's a yeah that's that's a big screen defo you could pick this up on dvd or blu-ray a year from now and have just as good an experience yeah i think you'd enjoy it just as much maybe even better because there might be like a commentary or something I like do you like commentaries? I I haven't listened to a DVD commentary in about oh. ten years, just because I, I I can't bother to watch the whole film again and listen. To, yeah, I, just, yeah. I <laughs> this is just a little story. I used to get the extended editions of the Lord of the Rings films every Christmas for those three years they came out. Yeah, and on Christmas Day, I would watch the entire extended edition of a Lord of the Rings film, which is like three and a half hours. Yeah. Then I would immediately press play again with the commentary on. <laughs> and then the next day, because they had like three commentaries each, I would watch it again with another commentary. Jesus. I fucking love that. That was like my Christmas tradition for a few years. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I'm weird. <laughs> that's, uh, that's, I don't have to be impressed or a bit worried. <laughs> worried. Definitely worried. A bit worried about you. But, uh... <laughs> I don't ask how many times you've watched Cloverfield and or, <laughs> or listen to that commentary. You, you really don't. Uh, you don't a lot, that. I'm guessing. 
Right, um, next week's films, um, there's two out next week that I want to watch. I'm not sure if I will. I want to see uh, A Million Ways to Die in the West, because mm-hmm. I think that looks good. People have been talking some shit about it before it came out, because it's a Seth MacFarlane thing. People, yeah. There's a bit bit of a backlash towards him nowadays. Yeah. But I quite like Ted. I thought Ted was, was very Yeah, good. I like Ted as well, so I'm excited for that. And I also want to see Edge of Tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, with Tom Cruise, I, I I will be going to see it tomorrow. I'm a big <laughs> sci-fi lover, so pretty much anything with a decent premise that's sci-fi related, I'm I'm typically pretty excited about. So I want to see that. That'll probably be um, what I'll be doing a podcast for next week. So mm-hmm. maybe the hat trick, Don. Maybe, maybe. Fingers crossed. It's quite likely, isn't it? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you again, Don. Welcome, thank you for your again, controversial bye. 5 out of 10. Hey, hey, it is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, bye-bye. Cheers, bye. If I could save time in a bottle The first thing that I'd like to do Save every day till eternity passes away just to spend them with you. If I could make days last forever, if words could make wishes come true, I'd save every day like a treasure and then again. I would spend them with you But there never seems to be enough time To do the things you want to do Once you find them I've looked around enough to know You're the one I want to go through time with Just for wishes